This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for October 9th, 2022. So there is this theme that runs throughout a lot of the healing stories, the stories of Jesus healing people. There's this thing that happens quite often, and it's one of those things that's actually kind of small to us, and we don't necessarily notice it, or maybe we just don't know what to do with it, so we move on. That happens a lot when we read our Bibles. But it's a thing that happens where Jesus will heal someone, and oftentimes they'll say, can I follow you? Or other times they'll say, I'm going to go tell everyone. And Jesus will say, go, present yourself to your priest. This is a thing he tells people quite often. Go and present yourself to the priest. And here we have that in the story today. This is part of a deeper custom, an old tradition and uh, understanding of relationship to God that is found with Jesus and among his people. Within the Jewish tradition, there are certain things that a person can do that can mean that they are not able to be part of the community the way they would like. Some of these things are transgressions. Some of these things are things that are done wrong. Other times, it's just an understanding, a cultural understanding of what's, what people are comfortable with or not. And then times like today, something we all can understand, these people have an illness that's contagious and they can't be around other people. We've gotten to know that all too well. But we understand that there's this thing that happens where for a period of time, These people, not only are they suffering or ill or there's something going on in their lives, but in fact, they're not able because of this condition to worship in the gathered community with their people. And so when they are healed, it is they they go to their priest and literally say, check me out and give me the thumbs up that I can come back in to worship with my people. Now, Some of you might be going, I mean, really, isn't this that they get to stay home from church when they're sick? What's the problem? Fair enough. The reality is that worship is how we define ourselves as a people. We are a community. We right here are a community. Even if you're joining us for the first time, you are right this moment part of a community. And the idea that there are things that we could do or be or have happened to us that would mean we're not allowed to be a part of that community, that's devastating. That's painful. Now, I want to take a step back here for all of us and make sure we don't fall into one of the classic traps of modern Christianity, which is to say, can you believe those people back then believed something like that? Those ancient people with their foreign customs and things we don't understand. Or worse, oftentimes modern Christians are guilty of a very sneaky anti-Semitism where we will say, oh, the Jews did it that way, but we Christians do it this way. Both of these are deeply dangerous, not only for how they other people, but also for ourselves because it allows us to stand at a distance from others who we, and say, oh, I'm not like that. Except I think it's a deep, deeply rooted human condition 
that there are many times in our lives when we actually don't think that we have any business being close to God or around each other. Just the other day, well, just yesterday, I was at a volleyball game. I was a volleyball game dad. And I got roped into being a line judge. I love that you're laughing. I, too, was laughing. It's a longer story than I would give, but it was not intentional that I became the line judge. But there I was, judging the line. And my friends, uh, my other parents, thought this was so funny that this happened to me that someone took a picture of me and sent it to a group text. Phil got roped into being a line judge. This was very funny until I saw the picture of myself and said, is that how I look? Can someone please delete this picture? And you all, I don't mind saying that to you because I don't know a person I've ever met who is happy with every picture of themselves. And by the way, the pictures that we don't like of ourselves, it's very often not because they don't look like us, it's because they look like us. (laughs) Could you have shown a picture that looks less like me to people? That way I would feel better about me. But I guess, I guess that's me looking like that. Meanwhile, my friends are laughing because they love me and because they think it's obviously ridiculous that I've gotten roped into this job I didn't intend to have, and we're all having a laugh, and I'm taken out of the experience of communal enjoyment because I'm going, is that what I look like? And this is how we do. This is how we are as people. Am I, as I am, actually someone anyone should be looking at or being in relationship with? This is a thing that people do to ourselves. Am I enough as I am? Can you imagine a God loving me just like I am? So we're attracted, actually, even if we don't want to admit, because we're drawn to this reality. We're attracted to this idea that there's a certain way you've got to be if you're going to present yourself before your God, and if you're going to share real life with people you love. What do I have to be? What do I have to become? So there's something really powerful that happens in the gospel story today. Normally, someone asks for healing, Jesus heals them, and then Jesus says, go and present yourself to your priest, which is to say, go, you are now ready to be back in community. You are now ready to have the opportunity to connect and worship and be a part of your people. Good deal for everyone. This is good. But today, the people, the lepers that see Jesus, they scream out, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus doesn't say you're healed. He says, go and present yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. As they are, he says this to them. They're not healed when he says it. They are still afflicted. And it is in their turning and moving towards the hope, the promise of connection that they are healed. 
the healing takes place when they physically, actually move towards God as they are. They do not wait to become healed to make that movement. Jesus does not say, you're finally ready. Now you can go. Jesus says, as you are, go. Go towards God, you, right now. Not in the body you'd like to have, but in the body you've got right now. Not with the title or the job or the wealth you'd like to have, but in that little life you've got right now as it is. Go. Go to God as you are. Be drawn into communities of love in your imperfect state right now. This is both such a wonderful source of hope for us and also deeply discomforting. Can I, can I really, really believe that I am meant to love and be loved just like this? Aren't I supposed to get better first? Aren't I supposed to be better first? That's why we love the second part of the story. Because one comes back and actually says thanks. And Jesus goes, wait, weren't there ten of you? And only one of you comes back. But even that is something that's meant to subvert our understanding of what earning looks like. Because he makes a point of saying, this is a foreigner. This isn't even one of us, and he gets it. He's pointing out another way we tend to think of people as not worthy of being part of us. He's pointing out another way in which people are seen as less than. And we know that's true 2,000 years later in our culture, how we treat the foreigner, how we treat people who are from outside our understanding of who we are. We know this. It's not new. When Jesus finds beauty and faith and blessing there, he's turning this whole idea of what faithfulness looks like on its head. Melanie opened us with this sermon or this uh, prayer today where we say we ask for God's grace to go in front of us and behind us so that we may be given to good works. The prayer doesn't say, God, make us do such good works that your grace would finally show up and be there for us. God, help us to be such good people that finally we can be the right kind of people and then you will visit us with love and grace. The prayer is that we will be so surrounded, enveloped, folded up with and saturated with the love of the grace of God that we will recognize we are loved as we are and we can move towards God and move towards one another in the depth of the love in which we are held. This is the work that Jesus is drawing us toward today. The work of accepting our own belovedness. I do want to point out that these folks do have a real affliction 
and they are truly in need of healing. This isn't actually a sermon about how we're all okay. I've met us. We're not. Okay? We're all a mess. We all need help. We are all scared that the things that are wrong with us are the things that will keep us from being loved. The point isn't there's nothing wrong with us. The point is the things that bother us about ourselves and about each other don't have to keep us out of deep relationships of love, and they absolutely do not keep God from loving us and holding us eternally. We don't have to pretend. We can be honest. We can tell the truth about the places we need healing while in relationship. Remember the lepers from the story today. Jesus doesn't say, it's all in your mind, just get over it and you'll be fine. He says, turn and go towards God as you are. And it is in their turning and moving as they are that they begin to experience the healing they seek.